0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. So second only to video starring cats, the most popular genre of clips and videos online these days is the epic fail. Have you seen the epic fail before online? Go ahead, after church today, open up YouTube, put in epic fail. And you will see dozens of videos with millions and millions of views of, for example, a parent getting in their child's kitty toy and destroying the toy and themselves in the process. You'll see large adults trying the backyard slip and slide and careening through the neighbor's fence. You haven't seen any videos like this before? And then you'll see more serious fails, like people opening their car door and having it smashed off by a passing car in traffic. For some reason, people love, they love to watch things fail miserably. Why do we love this? It might be a reaction to this online perfection culture where everyone picks the best pictures and the best videos and the best information about themselves to show to the world and create this ideal image. And these failures bring us back to how life really is with as many slip-ups as successes. But I think there's a deeper reason why these videos resonate with us. Because epic fails, both the silly and the serious, they have something to do with our very nature as fallen creatures of God. Because in the very heart of creation, in the very heart of each and every one of us, there remains an epic fail, a tendency to fall whenever we grasp for our highest ideals. Today's Feast of Pentecost reminds us of our human nature to fail, but then it turns that epic fail on its head with the coming of the Holy Spirit. So let's start with what happened at Pentecost and the epic biblical fail that it references. Recall on the day of Pentecost, There was a rush of wind, and there were flames of fire, and suddenly Jesus' disciples were able to speak to the crowd in their own native languages, all the languages of the world. This was a great miracle, and it wasn't metaphorical. It's spoken of with precise details. But at the same time, it's a reference to an older story, the story of The Tower of Babel, which any Jew would recognize immediately. Because early in the book of Genesis, you may recall, God's people decided to build a giant tower, which was really a giant city. Right? And they do it so they can make a name for themselves, so they can protect themselves against the invading forces of the world. So they start building this tower together. But God's plan is different. Suddenly, the people start speaking different languages and they can't understand each other. The city's abandoned and the people are scattered all over. This story of the Tower of Babel, it's foundational to the biblical worldview and that's why it's found in the first few pages of the Bible. But it's hard for us modern people to accept. Because we've been taught from a very early age that you can perfect society through reason and education and good moral values. And we can and we should improve society by these things. But scripture reminds us that we first have to come to terms with our towers of Babel, with our epic fails before we achieve anything truly good. Because whatever humans build, albeit with good intentions, is corrupted and it's compromised from the start. We've built airplanes and drones, which have the potential to bring humanity closer together and provide for each other's needs. But for every pound of food and medical supplies dropped by an airplane, there's been a thousand pounds of bombs to divide and consolidate political power. We've built a digital web of information to instantly exchange the best of human art, science, and progress. And then almost simultaneously came viruses and trolls and hacking. And instead of exchanging the best of humanity, the web also exchanges the worst. Pornography, violence, fear, and lies. From the Tower of Babel to this very day, humanity aims for the stars, but in our pride and our sin, we create disasters. So this all seems pessimistic. If it seems like we can't do anything right on our own, now finally, we're ready to discover how we can do all things right with God. That is the great reversal that happens today on Pentecost, with the coming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus has prepared his disciples for the moment, for this moment, for years. He's taught them to let go of their ego needs for dominance, for protection, for recognition, and to rely only on God's provision in all things. Pentecost was the greatest transfer of power that has ever occurred on earth from God to man. But notice that it didn't happen like any transfer of power the world has ever known. There's no consolidation of power around the strongest disciple. There's no one dominant language or holy place. Instead, God sends tongues of fire to burn bright in each disciple and the hundreds more gathered there that day. God does not make people come and bow before one temple, one leader, one language. Instead, the temple, the leader, the language comes to each of them. What made the difference between the epic fail of the Tower of Babel and the epic blessing of Pentecost? Well, you know the answer. In one word, Jesus Christ. Any human attempt to construct society, law, systems, and things without Jesus will end in division, and separation, us versus them, the winners versus the losers, the beloved versus the rejected. But with Jesus, this polarized worldview is overcome because Jesus is the great mediator of everything. He's the bridge between the winners and the losers, the bridge between human sin and divine grace, the bridge between heaven and earth. And of course, this great transfer of divine power that we call Pentecost, as with all revelations of God, is not one and done. On Pentecost, humankind, all of us, entered into a new age that we are still now in, where each of us is invited to repent and partake of God's Holy Spirit. We're not worthy. We're not cured of our towers of Babel and epic fails, neither as a country, nor as a church, nor as individuals. But with humility, with confession, and by God's grace, we come to know the one who turns our failures into blessings, the chosen one, who has borne the epic failures of humanity by his long-suffering love on the cross, and he gently beckons us to find a new way forward in following him now and always and unto the ages of ages. Amen.